Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio Wednesdays at 5pm for Brainwaves, Melbourne's drive-time radio show, giving voice to people with mental illness. One in five have a mental illness, but five in five can enjoy this great program featuring heartwarming stories, great information and some laughs as well. Find us at 3CR, 8.55 on your AM dial. Sponsored by Mental Illness Fellowship of Victoria. I'm struggling with my mental health. I'm concerned about my loved one and need support for myself. I need someone to speak to, but I don't want to burden my family and friends. The experience of mental illness can be emotional, challenging and isolating, but you don't have to go through it alone. Hello, Helpline. Helpline is an information support and referral service. Our trained volunteers all have a personal experience of mental illness and are here to listen, understand and help. Our service is free, confidential, and you can call us from Monday to Friday, 9am to 5pm. If you have a mental illness, know someone who does, or just need someone to speak to, call Helpline on 84864222. That's 84864222. My fellowship is a 3CR supporter. Welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR, 855 AM on the dial. On today's show, we have Anne Murphy and Liz Garf, facilitators from Living With Suicidal Feelings Group, and we also have Lara, from, who is a member of the group. And Brainwaves crew we have in today is Kate and Rose, and panelling is myself. And um, we have, there's a, just a warning in today's show, we will be discussing suicidal content. So if this causes you distress, you may want to switch off now. Okay, over to you guys. Thanks so much for being here today, uh, Laura, Liz and Annie. It's a topic that's very close to my heart and I'm sure a lot of people in the sector's hearts as well. Um, would you like to start off giving us a bit of an idea about uh, why you started up the Living With Suicidal Feelings Group? Sure, thanks, Rose. Look, it's um, living with suicidal feelings. Our emphasis is on living um, and just acknowledging that many of us live with suicidal feelings, not only die from suicidal feelings, that there's very little space to have conversations around Mm. um, that experience. Um, uh, I guess the others might say more, but that when we're... When we're distressed, when we're dealing with things that we might not understand, um, it's good to be able to to talk and explore um, and share that. Um, and that that's partly what's behind the group. Definitely. And so, Laura, what was the reason you started first attending this group? Well, I suppose that's pretty obvious, really, yeah, yeah, for sure. that um, yep. that I was um, living with suicidal feelings and. I think, um, I mean, I've the group's been going for about um, eighteen months, and and I've been there with um, with Liz and Anne since the beginning. Um, I think I first got in contact with Anne because I she was she did some workshop or there was something some workshop around suicidal feelings, and I thought it sounded interesting. 
And it wasn't until she that's then... That's right. It was with Will we, Hall that's from right. the US who and, came um, out. And, yeah, yeah, and I just missed it. Yeah. And, um, and I didn't know anything about him. But then she responded with, well, there's this group that we're starting, this support group. And until that point, um, I was aware that I was living with suicidal feelings. It's been on and off for um, actually 17 years since I had a, a pretty traumatic car accident. and But it got a lot worse. And... So I had this sense that I that it was this thing called suicide, but it wasn't until she said there was a group that it was I was able to then somehow put it outside myself and go, ah, this is a thing rather than just this thing inside me mm-hmm. that is consuming me. And instead, it was able to have it outside me. I'm not sure I'm doing a very good description of that, doing but a beautiful description. Yeah, um, Liz, the other day we were talking about it, and she said it's almost like this coming out process, mm-hmm. and I think that is a really good analogy because when you are living with suicidal feelings it's you are in a closet you have no one you have, mm. most of the time you have no one to speak to about this um um friends are can be very threatened by it family are even more threatened yeah angry um, even sometimes yeah there's a lot of anger and you just you learn to be silenced because mm. you learn the stigma you learn that this is not a good thing and um and you i think I've developed a quite, I think, healthy and unhealthy phobia of um, medical and health professionals <laughs> over the last 17 years. Um, so you also learn that you don't want to share these feelings with um, health professionals because um, they can, yeah, well, they, they can, you know, put you in hospital for a start and that may be not somewhere you want to go. For sure. I was talking to the girls earlier about a personal experience I had where the clinician just stopped the conversation as soon as the word came up and said, that's it. <laughs> You know, I can't be be a you know psychologist anymore because because the didn't... the topic of suicide came up, and I don't know he felt you know ill equipped to deal with it. So maybe it's yeah. an educational thing for them. But it's such a unique um, support group that you have. I mean, all the other mood disorders have such minutia of support available, and so it's really shocking to me that it's only the last eighteen months that this has become available. Thank you so much. <laughs> Yep, and there are there are some similar groups in the US, and that was Will Hall really got Liz and I excited about doing this. Um, I think there's a group based in Michigan who who do something similar, um, but it seemed to us there was a real need and a real a real gap. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a, it's such a stigmatized taboo topic to talk about and as Lara and and you're sort of saying as well Rose it's dangerous to Mm -hmm. talk about it you don't know the kind of reactions you're going to get um, and you're not necessarily going to get the support you want and people who've lived with these experiences will know this and so really for me a lot about the group was let's have somewhere that is safe that you can come and front up and say, I'm suicidal and we're not all going to freak out. Yeah. And that's, that's basically it for me is we're somewhere you can come where people aren't going to freak out. They're not going to try and force you into something you don't want to do. They're actually going to be able to listen. You've got that value of peer support learning from one another. And I yeah. think there's a safety in speaking out because we, we, you, you're in a safe place so you can speak. But also I think everyone in that group um, has been many places that are bad and we we know what it's like Mm. so I have found um I think one of the things that's special about this group too is that we don't have that many rules around (laughs) things I've been part of um other sort of support groups where there's rules and there's often rules about not talking about anything too personal because it might be triggering and everything's personal Mm. like 
And for me, that often (laughs) silences me when I'm in these sort of support groups because I feel like I can't talk about anything because I... It's it's too much. So one of the good things about this group is I feel like there is a safety. We can hold each other and talk about the stuff that, you know, the, these thoughts we're having or what it's like to be a person living with suicidal feelings and know that we're not going to be, you know, silenced, kicked out of the room, looked at in horror. We're going to be supported. Yeah, actually, Lara, I had, I was speaking to Annie and Liz earlier about an experience with an anxiety support group that brought in a rule that nobody's going to talk in a lot of detail or gra- or reveal graphic content about something that's distressing. And, yeah. and I found the boundaries around that um, a bit difficult, and I, I thought about that in a lot of depth. Um, I felt that people may need to share in depth and detail and for that to be held in a respectful, safe space. What are your thoughts around boundaries as as a group member? Um, we all have different opinions, but I, for me, I, I know that for me personally, if there are boundaries set up, I will censor myself. And so I think that I then will impose stigma upon myself as well, that whole self-stigma idea. So for me, I want to know that I can speak. Of course, I don't want to harm anyone and I don't want to trigger anyone. So I would like to know that we can support each other. But, um, yeah, I, those boundaries, I think they work in some environments, but for me, they silence me. And sometimes it's a matter of slowing down, of going yeah. slowly, like you say, Lara, being thoughtful about what you're saying and how you're saying it and and going slow. I think we are a very caring group, I think, yeah. Yeah, um, and I think it's something that that we and every group will make their own decisions about how this works and group structures will be different. You, you know, some groups, what a facilitator says, they're the part that... That's the rules. In this group, it's very negotiated, and it's negotiated over time as well. And it is about everybody learning how to to share their stories in a way that respects their own story and their history, as well as kind of getting their needs met for connection and for being heard in their stories that are really difficult. And and so it's kind of an ongoing negotiation, I think, where we kind of go, is this okay or is this not? And then if someone does get triggered, will we just deal with that? It's not the end of the world. And actually, if you want to grow with your trauma and your suffering, you actually need to connect with it as well. You you need some kind of triggering, just kind of sitting on it all the time and not being able to talk about it and hoping it'll go away Mm. won't actually usually help in the long term. Maybe sometimes it's a short term, you Mm. know, let's just compartmentalise things so we can get on with, you know, being able to get out of bed in the morning or something, but for a long-term kind of growth and healing process relative to trauma and challenges that people have had, you can't sort of you can't be censored for in every aspect of your life. Definitely. Um, could you guys take us through what a, a typical session might look like if you came in on a Saturday afternoon? Yeah, so we, we at the moment we, we're trialling a new structure. <laughs> we, we just kind of change it around as, as the group kind of um, thinks we need different things. At the moment we're trialling like it's a three-hour group. The first hour to hour and a half is just a very um, relaxed, just a checking in, sharing, how you're going. Um, and really we can go off on a lot of tangents during go off on a lot of tangents. And sometimes it can get very emotional. Mm. Yeah. Um, and uh, was it relaxed, the word you used just then? Because um, it is a relaxed group, but I wouldn't say that um, we are relaxed necessarily. The, to- so the topics aren't relaxed. The, the top, yeah, but, it's But intense. in terms of rules, 
Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. an intense, you know, first hour and a half. But um, then the second, the second part is, is usually like a topic or something structured that people have sort of asked for that someone in the group will deliver or talk about. Or Yeah. It sounds like a powerful afternoon. It is pretty good. .au or check out the Facebook page, Victorians Stand Together for Nepal. Welcome back to Brainwaves. Today we are chatting to Anne Murphy, Liz Scarf and Lara from the Living with Suicidal Feelings group. Um, Kate's got a few announcements to read out. Yes, hi. Um, the SMART the SMART project is a research project looking at how electronic resources can support conversations between mental health consumers and workers. The project gives participants the opportunity to have eight face-to-face sessions with a facilitator using an iPad and the internet to talk about either mental health topics or other topics that are of interest. It's being led by Swinburne University in partnership with a range of clinical and community mental health services. If you're over 18 and have experienced psychosis and are interested in getting involved, please call 9214 5304 or email smartonline at swin.edu.au. And one more announcement, the Mental Health Foundation of Ghana is holding a fundraising African dinner at Northcote Town Hall, 189 High Street, Northcote. This fun twilight event will include African music, silent auction, raffle and door prizes, and will raise desperately needed funds to, to, to support the Mental Health Foundation of Ghana in ongoing charity work in mental health. Guest speaker, Professor Anne Elizabeth Buist. I hope I've pronounced that right, B-U-I-S-T. The sumptuous African cuisine is prepared by tribal tastes... Tribal Taste Feast from Africa, dressed as semi-formal or African. Um, The event is Sunday, the 26th of July, 4 to 8 p.m. And tickets are $100 full price, $75 concession. Um, Thank you. Great. So um, before the uh, break there, we were just talking about the structure of how one of your sessions works. Um, I I was just wondering how you guys kind of... Uh, keep the conversations not too focused on on one person's story, or um, and also how you keep them a little bit safe and encourage self care. Wow, I think um, it's uh, it, we've tended to go with the flow and mm. things move, and sometimes people do talk more than others, and and it moves. Um, there's a continuity. Yeah. What would you? How would you like to add to that, Anne and Liz? Um, I guess sometimes people who are newer to the group may feel less able to mm. speak into the group, and I know I actively um, invite them and say, you know, I know, you know, some people who've been here longer find it a lot easier to Just talk to into this yeah. space, and maybe it's not so easy when you're first here. Mm. So, did you want to bring yourself in or introduce yourself or say anything? And you needn't. Like people can come and listen. Mm. For the whole time, if they want to, it's okay. But I always sort of try to, you know, if there is a lot of you know, space being taken by people who find it easier to take space, I'll also sometimes, you know, make an invitation or a break for those who find it less easy. Mm. Um, 
so yeah, I guess a, a theme sort of comes out for, for your afternoon, and, and you talk about that for a little for a yeah. while. Yeah, and that I mean, and that's very much a discussion with the group, and and something that's planned with the group, and and something that just might organically emerge um, through the check-in conversation as well. Yeah, I think. Um, on the way here, I was actually, in ties in here, I was thinking about how we really don't have um, a lot of language around talking about suicide, have, living with suicidal feelings. I mean, Liz was saying, well, we don't have language to talk about. It's hard to talk about feelings anyway, but we just don't talk about this much. And this is one of the few places where we have this, you know, these, these couple of hours to speak. So in some ways we're inventing, we're just mm. feeling our way mm. forward mm. and trying to work out how we do talk. Mm. So... Um, yeah, that's just mm, wanted to sure. true. It's an open discussion mm. and an ongoing discussion. That's yeah. And anecdotal evidence would also suggest that getting to talk about suicidal feelings is what helps the most. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, having a space for that, I think, is really important. You're really pioneers of that specific peer group well, space. Yeah, I think I don't. I think it's already been said, but that um, this is, as far as I know, the first support group um, that in that I've ever heard of in my you know 15 years of um, being part of the mental health community. Um, the support first support group for people living with suicidal feelings. Certainly in Australia, from from what I've heard mm. as well. Um, Liz, you mentioned it was possible for somebody to come along to the group and just sit in and listen if they weren't feeling up to sharing yep. an afternoon. Absolutely, uh, like we're really in, into you know take care of your own boundaries as well. And also that you know if you um, wanted to bring someone with you, a support person, I think that you know would also be welcome. They'd be welcome. Yeah, it's Absolutely. sometimes hard to get to those things. So. Yeah, and that's a really important thing to acknowledge. It's a really difficult group to come to. Yeah. In, for a range of different re- reasons, it'll be hard to come. So some people might have their little postcard for, you know, six months or a year and, you know, sort of think about it and not get there yet. And But, yeah, so it does, you know, we really kind of notice that. It's not so easy to get to. Fabulous. Well, uh, so on... could we extend a warm invitation? To, uh, <laughs> I was just to, going to, to mention people who um... might who might be interested in in joining us. Um, and we can find more info about you on Facebook. Is that correct? We have a Facebook page called Living with Suicidal Feelings. Yeah, um, and a website at all. Yeah, so you can find us at the Melbourne Process Work website under the attend section um, and all the details are there and there's postcards floating around the community as well fabulous and uh you also mentioned that it would be great if you could make contact with you guys personally if you were thinking of attending um you can send an email to ann at ann.jmurphy at gmail.com um i would also just like to mention a few support numbers before we wrap up uh if you're experiencing suicidal thinking or looking for support of that nature lifelines number is 131114 the suicide callback service is 13006594674 you can call beyond blue 24 hours a day 13002246636 and suicide line 13006512512 and could we just thank um, you were going to do that. I'm pushed in. <laughs> Sorry, Liz. Um, but Melissa Hart um, from the Heartfelt Centre in Turek Road, South Yarra, offers us a space where we meet, um, and she ex- does that without charge. 
Um, we run the group without cost to anyone who comes along um, and we're very grateful to her support. Mm. Um, thank you guys for doing that for free as well. You're total angels. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having us on the show. It's a hard group to promote for a variety oh, of reasons, so we really appreciate it. Totally. Um, and just once again, uh, you guys are from the Living with Suicidal Feelings group that meets at the last Saturday of every month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Oh, Thanks. thank you. Okay, uh, we'd all like to thank um, Anne Murphy and Liz Scarf, Lara um, from the Living with Suicidal Feelings group for coming on to our show. And um, you can listen to podcasts of our show at 3cr.org.au and iTunes. Send us feedback, thoughts or just get in contact, especially if you have a story, suggestions or topic you'd like to share. Email us at brainwaves at mifellowship.org. Post to brainwaves at 3cr. PO Box 1277, Collingwood, Victoria 3066. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune in to 3CR next Wednesday at 5pm for another episode of Brainwaves. Stay tuned for Renegade Economist coming up next on 3CR. Until next week, it's goodbye from the team. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Brainwaves?